Hey, everybody. We moved a piano. If anybody needs piano movers, Chad and I will do that. Has to be less than, has to weigh this much, anyway. Awesome. Well, hey, I am so glad that you're here. Uh, it is a beautiful day. I know I'm going to preach for like 50 minutes, so you guys can all just bake in the sun. I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, but uh, what a great day it is. I hope that you are able in this moment now just to know that uh, we are a church that wants to connect, grow, and love. We want to connect to God. We, we want to grow in Christ, and we want to go, and we want to love Everyone, we want to love our neighbors, and we want to even know how to love our enemies, and that's what we desire to do. Right now, uh, I just want to draw our attention over here. It looks like they're all sitting, uh, but we had a group of 16 kids go to high school camp last week, and uh, I don't know if they want to stand up. They don't. My son says no. Yes, Evan wants Yes, let's hear you. That's what I'm talking about. There we go. Uh, they had a great, but I also want... Tiffany, I do want you to stand up, and Brody, can you stand up as well? Come over here, stand up. You can stay right there. As you can tell, they've been spent a week together because they're sitting in the shade, so they know where to find shade in the summertime. And so, But Tiffany, thank you so much. She uh, runs our youth program uh, so great, uh, so wonderful, and she loves these kids so much, and she got camped together, and it was an absolute great week. Brody is so much fun and and he's just an awesome leader and we're so blessed and then nancy i don't think nancy's here this morning she kicked it cooked in the she kicked it too she was awesome but she she cooked in the kitchen and she just loved on the kids all week but it was a fabulous week so thank you so much for your support give them a big round of applause for going this week it was absolutely awesome and i just want to say thank you to this church for um for loving on these kids this has been a priority as for a nine-year-old church that we love our kids in our in our Twigs program, which is our our babies all the way through fifth grade, and then we are already sending a bunch of kids to camp and and investing in them throughout the summer and throughout the year, and uh, that is a priority for our church. We truly believe that we are called to raise up the next generation, and I, I'm grateful to be part of a church that desires to to raise up the next generation. But what I've also learned is that as we raise up the next generation, we need to learn from this generation too. And I learned this last week that these kids have something to share with us, and uh, we're going to be hearing from them. I just have a feeling, and I'm really excited about that. So thank you so much for your support for camp. June has been an awesome month. We've had middle school camp. We've had amazing time with Make a Kids Camp, and we've had high school camp. June whew, was awesome. July is going to be awesome too. So here we are. Awesome. Well, would you pray with me as we start off into to hearing from the Word of God this morning? Lord, we thank you so much for the youth that you have allowed to be connected at this church. And we pray right now that you continue to watch over our Twigs kids and our Roots kids. Allow for them to know that they are loved by you. Allow for them to know that in you, they have hope. But Lord, we also pray that you empower them in a way where they will know that they are your voice and that we will learn from them. So in this time right now, we just pray that you open our hearts to hear from you this morning. Open our minds so that we can understand the words that you have to say and help us to leave this place transformed by you so that we can go and do your glory in this week. In your name we pray, amen. 
I grew up in the 90s. Yes, go 90s, a good decade anyway. Arguably one of the best decades of music ever. And maybe even some of the 80s. We'll throw that in there. And then probably the 70s and 60s are pretty good too. All right, so I don't really know what I'm talking about. But there is this band, I remember, and they had some hits on the radio. And oh my gosh, you just listen to it and your hips would move. You know, this is before Shakira. Anyway, but your hips would move. You'd listen to it, and it was just such, it was good dancing music, and they had some good choreographing their music videos, and you were just like, oh, this is so good. These guys are great writers, and these guys are great performers. They're absolutely amazing. They're absolutely amazing. And I know for me, every time when I, I heard Blame It on the Rain come on the radio, I was like, oh, nailed it. They nailed it. But then, if you know this band, just by me telling that, you found out that Millie Vanilli, one of the best band names of all time, Millie Vanilli, it was all hoax, right? They had all these great songs, but they were lip syncing the entire time. What's going on, Millie and Vanilli? But they were doing it. And, and reality was is that they were lying to us as they were performing to us. They were just a couple of good looking guys that wanted to, to dance and lip sync. You may ask, what is, the, what is Alex even talking about right now? Well, that was my intro of, it can be easy to live into lies in our life. <laughs> Guys, I just spoke seven times last week. I don't know if, where my illustrations are coming from, but Millie Vanilli has finally made a sermon, and I thank you for listening. But it is easy to get caught up in lies, right? I wonder that if Millie Vanilli ever thought, right, that they were going to get that big by just lip syncing. But then the lie just continued and continued and continued. And that's how lies work. We can live into those little lies, and those little lies just become something that we then just have to continue to go down that path and to believe in. But the reality is, is that God has created you and me to be people who seek the truth. We really do. We need to be people who seek the truth. And, and I think we are actually people who are trying to find truth because we know that truth sets us free. And trying to be set free is something that is so important to us, especially in our culture today. We believe, and a lot of us have been taught, that if we have wealth, we'll be free. Some of us have been taught that if we have a home and property, we'll be free. Some of us have even been able to understand and try to, try to figure out that if we, have, if we have the right title, if we have fame, we then become people who are set free. But the reality is this. The only thing that can set us free is God, is Jesus. That's what freedom is, and we have to understand what this looks like. We also have to understand what it looks like to be people who are trying to be seekers of truth. There's a lot of information that can come in each and every one of us, right? Just in a given five minutes, we can find out all different things. It was awesome. I was at camp, and all of a sudden, everybody is starting to tell me that the Pacers made a trade. And I'm like, how long ago did this happen? Two minutes ago. And I already had five kids come up to me like, Pacers made a trade, Pacers made a trade, Pacers made a trade. It's amazing how much information comes to us. And it's amazing how we have to now learn to discern what is truth and what is a lie. So we need to look at what does it look like, what does truth look like 
if we are going to be people who are pursuing truth, what does truth look like? Now, a passage that we hear often at weddings is 1 Corinthians. We probably had some of us have had that said at our weddings. And it's this passage that is often about love. But I believe if we hear this passage, we begin to hear that it is also what truth should look like. So when we hear this, when we hear something, does it resemble this passage? So when we look at 1 Corinthians, I'm sorry, yeah, when we look at 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 13, and I want to look at verses 4 through 7, and it says this, you could replace the word love with truth. So just listen to this, I'm going to say love, but your mind's going to hear truth. I don't know, we're going to try exercise, but it says this, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. So we could hear this passage as saying truth is consistent. Truth is loving, truth is patient, truth is kind, truth is not jealous or boastful, truth is not vengeful, truth doesn't give up or lose faith, truth is hopeful, and truth perseveres. This is what truth looks like. Now there are many people who try to twist truth, right? And this isn't necessarily a new thing. Actually, Paul, the great missionary, the great missionary Paul, he calls people out. He calls out the false prophets. He calls out false teachers. He doesn't want them to, to lead the way. This is the thing. When we understand this, we know that someone is always going to be pushing against us in finding truth. It's true. It's easy. The world is always going to be trying to manipulate the truth just a little bit so you want to believe selfishly what you want. But God has given us an outline that is filled with hope, that is filled with, with joy, that is filled with peace. And we have the opportunity to lean into this. But Paul was very uh, concerned about this, and, and it's actually the one thing that really irked him, right? It was the one thing that really made him upset were those who were trying to manipulate the teachings of Jesus, he doesn't want that. And he says this. He says this in actually 2 Corinthians 11, 12 through 15. And Paul says, And I will keep on doing what I am doing in order to cut the ground from under those who want any opportunity to be considered equal with us in the things they boast about. For such people are false apostles, deceitful workers, masquerading as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself masqueraded as an angel of light. It is not surprising, then, if his servants also masquerade as servants of righteousness. Their end will be what their actions deserve. A few things that we can hear from this is that the enemy knows what is truth. They know the truth, and they try to manipulate it. They try to confuse it. They try to push back on you so that you will be a distracted and confused person. Think about our times right now. Distraction and confused can be something that can describe what we're living through right now. It can be easy 
to masquerade in the light. It can be easy to be a false teacher in these times. And so even more so, as followers of Jesus, we need to lean into what is truth. What is truth? If we are seekers of truth, then we understand. We understand that sometimes there's going to be things that will push back in what we desire or what is right. We have to. Now, when I was growing up, I grew up in a lake town. So when July 4th, everything was bonkers, just crazy. Just couldn't go anywhere. But I grew up in this lake town, and I grew up about an hour and a half south of Chicago in the 90s, right, as I said earlier. And there was this rumor that was going around that Michael Jordan, Michael, the Michael Jordan, who played for the Chicago White Sox, no, Michael Jordan, he had a house on one of these lakes. Oh, my gosh. And when we heard this rumor as teenagers, we were like, we're all in. We are the Hardy Boys. We're going to figure this out. We're going to find where he lives. And we're going to become best friends with him. This is going to be great. And so no joke, what we did was not go and talk to our parents because our parents would have said very quickly, you guys are wrong. But we didn't want that. And so we, on our own, started to explore this in our cars. We started going around all the lakes. We drive around them. We're like, what do you think? Do you see any? Do you see anything? Is Scotty Pippen there with him? You know, we look around. We're trying to drive around, looking for Illinois license plates everywhere, driving all over the place, being like, is this it? Where are the Air Jordans? All this stuff. And then we realized we couldn't figure this out in our cars. And so then we took to the boats. We got it in boats, and we started driving all around. I think you drive a boat. I think that was, anyway, when you get around the boats, and we're like looking up, looking at these houses, checking in on these houses. Is this right? Is this Michael Jordan? Would Michael Jordan have a gone fishing sign in front of his dock? I don't know. Let's check it out. Here we go. And we look around, looking for Illinois stuff, looking for Jordan stuff, and we go all the way around with no luck. And then we're like, we need to talk to adults, but again, not our parents. We wanted to not have our dreams crushed instantly. So we went to people that we thought were reliable. And they instantly looked at us and said, Michael Jordan does not live in this town. And they were correct. They were correct. He does not live in Monticello, Indiana, or have a lake house in that town. My whole point of this is this, simply this. If you want to be a seeker of truth, you have to put the work in. You can't just believe it. I believe that's how God works. He wants you to be someone who is going for it. He doesn't want you to just take someone else's word for it. He wants you to be someone who steps into truth and says, I'm going to pursue this. I'm going to follow this. You know, we are so blessed to have the authority of Scripture. We are so blessed to have this. In this day and age, when there's so much information coming at us, right? When we were kids, we just checked out an encyclopedia. And we built, like, in our, like, that was the only thing we had to footnote. Encyclopedia, letter N. You know, <laughs> like, that was it. Now kids these days are like, uh, I just looked up 20 resources in, in five minutes. But if we want to be pursuers, pursuers of truth, we have to lean into the Word of God. The Word of God is truth. And if we don't, then we'll just go for whatever sounds good. That's just how it works. If we just hear something and like, you know what? They're right. That sounds good. 
will miss see being seekers of truth. Because this is it. In all of my studying in my life, I know that there's one truth for sure. And that is God is love. God is love and he created you and me. And he believes that we are extraordinary. That Jesus is the son of God. And he came to restore us and redeem us. No matter what sins we have in our lives, he has come to set us free. And that third, that the Holy Spirit is present and with us every moment and every day. This is a truth that I love. And this is the thing. When we understand that Jesus is the truth and the way and the light, we see in the Gospel of John that it sets us free, right? It sets us free. John 8, 32 says, Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. When you know Jesus as your personal Savior, when you seek Him out in all things, when you declare that He is your Savior, you begin to be a seeker and an understander of truth. And you begin to be set free. You're no longer trapped into the things of this world, but that you are free to see who God is calling you to be. So how do we do this? We have to surrender. That's what ultimate freedom is. Ultimate freedom in Jesus is that we just surrender our lives. It's not that we're a taker of everything around us. It's that we actually surrender. And we say, your will, not my own. We say, we surrender all because we want to see you, God. This is what it's all about. I'm going to end with just something really simple here. It is something simple of, for you to hear. What does the voice of God sound like in seeking truth versus what the enemy wants you to hear? The voice of God, he calms you down. Satan, the enemy, wants you to worry. The voice of God convicts you. The voice of the enemy condemns you. The voice of God encourages you. Satan's voice discourages you. God's voice enlightens you. The enemy confuses you. God's voice leads you. The enemy pushes you. God's voice reassures you. The enemy's voice frightens you. God's voice stills you. And Satan rushes you. So as we go from this place, my prayer for you is this, as, as someone who's going to commit to be a seeker of truth, to not live into the lies and just blame it on the rain, <laughs> but to really be a seeker of truth and to live in a way where you'll have a humble heart and say, Lord, I am yours. Send me where you need me. Let me not fall into the lies that the enemy wants me to believe, but let me step into life and be set free. Lord, open me up to your will and let your will be done in my life. Would you pray with me? And as you pray, would you put your hands out in front of you if you feel comfortable? Be great. Oh God, freedom sounds so good. 
And yet, sometimes we're not sure if we're truly free. We worry. We get confused. We get angry. We feel discouraged. But God, you've called us to be set free in you. So for those of us right now, maybe we've never stepped foot into this freedom. Right now, let us just say, Lord, come and fill me. Let me be a seeker of your truth where I find peace, hope, and rest, and joy. Lord, maybe for some of us, we need to just say, Lord, I surrender to you in your ways. I'm tired of trying to check off the boxes of what my neighbors have and what what I think I need to have and what everybody around me is saying, well, this will make me happy. And, and reality is this, Lord, you are the way, the truth, and the life. And so, God, right now, we pray that we can be set free in you to have complete joy. In your name we pray. Amen. Here at the branches, all who believe and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord is welcome to take communion. And so if you had your communion cups on the way in, I encourage you to pull them out right now. As Jesus sat around the table the night before he went to the cross and he died for us, taking our sin and our shame, he sat there with them and he had a conversation with each and every one of the kids. Or with each and every, well, they were sort of kids, those disciples. They were probably under 20 years old. And as he sat with them, they joked about what they've done. They laughed about the day. They had conversations about what was taking place and, and memories that they shared. It was just a normal night. But it became a night that we desire to remember all the time. As Jesus all of a sudden took bread and he passed it and he said, This is my body broken for you. And then later he took the cup and he passed and he said, this is my blood spilled for you and the forgiveness of your sins. Do this as often as you can in remembrance of me. And so just like the disciples, we are gathered as a community this morning and we remember. We remember that we have all fallen short of the glory of God, but that doesn't mean that we are removed from the grace of God. It is by the grace of God that we are set free from our sin and our shame and that we can have life in Jesus now and forever. So in this stillness of this prayer that we're about to pray, let us confess those things that have been keeping us from following God with our full heart. Would you pray with me? Oh God, we thank you so much for the love that you have for us through your son Jesus, who gives us life and who gives us light, who allows for us to know that we are loved. So in the stillness of this time, Lord, let us confess those things that we have placed in front of you. A holy Jesus, for those of us who have been broken, put us back together. For those of us who our cup has run dry, fill us up, Lord, fill us up. Bless this bread and bless this juice. Let it represent to us the life that you have given through us through your son Jesus, who is the great restorer and redeemer. We thank you so much that your grace is greater than any sin. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
the body of Christ broken for you, take any. The blood of Christ shed for you, take and drink. All right, as we finish up, everyone please stand up right now. All right, here we go. As we leave this place, we are reminded that the church is people. It is not a building. That the church is to follow in the truth of God, which is great love. That the church goes from this place and shares that love with others. Let us be known to be a peaceful people. Let us be known to be a loving people. And let us be known that we have grace on our lips in all circumstances. And let us be known as followers of Jesus. So let's go with his grace and his mercy and his love. Let us share Jesus with all around us. Let us go with smiles on our face, for Christ is our Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Go with Jesus. Thank you so much for being here today. Go get some popsicles, everyone. It'll bring your body temperature down. I know nothing about science, so I think that's true.